Welcome to Is This Scary? This is Shelby. This is Zach. This is Phil. And uh, so this week, we're going to talk to you about something a little bit different. Instead of talking about movies or books, we're going to talk about urban legends. Personally, urban legends are a big facet on how I got into horror, mm -hmm. was camping and telling s scary stories. Yeah. yeah. And this is something that I can't, will relate to a wider span of audience in comparison to horror, which is very niche. But it kind of goes into almost a little bit of true crimes, a little bit, because some of these urban legends are based off of facts. Some of them are just completely fantasy and stuff like that. So it does starts a conversation because yeah. urban legends are everywhere it's not just in one state it's in every single country it's in every single town yeah. and some and even urban legends spanned to different countries too and let's be real here a lot of people's favorite horror movies are based off of urban legends mm -hmm. yeah that are just expanded upon um, including the fantastic 90s horror movie, Urban Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, it's a terrible movie, but well, it exists. Well, I was thinking of, uh... Blair Witch. <laughs> no, actually, I was thinking of, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. True. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's based off of, uh, the Hookman story, if I remember properly. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I was thinking about no. that, too, because it reminds me of one of my favorite documentaries called Killer Legends, and it goes off of the Candyman, not... Not Tony Not Todd's, the Clive Parker yeah, one. but poison candy fantasy thing right. or myth. And then you have the man with a hook for a hand, when a stranger calls, or the stranger Whoa. in the upstairs. That's so which Black clouds. Christmas is based off of and Scream. Yep. Mm -hmm. So even if a urban legend isn't particularly scary, it might breed so much more. Right. So, what are y'all's definition of an urban legend? I mean, realistically, an urban legend is the modern-day take on the original idea of a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Because the original use for fairy tales were to instruct children on the proper way to act. Because if you act wrong, naughty children die. Yeah. This, this was <laughs> a naughty topic. children go into the forest and never be heard from again this is a topic that we discussed a lot in my fantasy film class because we really focused on those urban legends so like the wolf man and stuff so don't trust a man that's got a unibrow because he's obviously a wolf and but it also like it wasn't even it went dark very dark very quickly because it wasn't just like oh you're gonna get killed no you're gonna get sa'd try not to trigger warning here but it's like it's a lot of, it gets dark very quickly, but it is trying to teach children you better keep in line or something really, really bad and disturbing is going to happen to you. So I opted to Google real quick the definition, mm -hmm. just so we have what the dictionary says it is. A humorous or horrific story or piece of information uh, circulated as though true, especially one purporting to involve someone vaguely related to or known to the teller. Which is how a lot of those went. Because if you look at your classic urban legends, you'd be like, well, this happened to my cousin's roommate's best friend. Yeah. It's like someone that is completely unrelated. Yeah. But they were, they were real and they lived at one point in time. It's like, <laughs> I've heard of it. 
but and it's it, you start talking about it and it's like some people that are the person that you're talking to about this story you're like oh did this actually happen to you do you know the person it's like no no, no. <laughs> my dad did <laughs> right and i don't know some urban legends feel like they started their life as ghost stories yeah and they were just so good mm-hmm. that it just gets passed around yeah there's one that I will mention probably later on, but it was like a kind of local ghost story in my neighborhood and the house is still there to that day. And this one, it is kind of close to home because it was a friend of my dad and he remembers talking to the kid where this happened, paranormal stuff happened in okay, his see, house. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And so, because I was just watching television and I saw The Haunted and... My dad walks by and he's like, oh, I know him. That's Bob. And I was like, how do you know this? <laughs> how do you know this person? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, we used to play ball together when we were kids. Is this about what happened at his house? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's fake, like whatever. And it's like, he's like, no, I can show you the house. And he showed me the house. I drive by it almost every single day. And it's always empty. So it's like, oh, is it still haunted? But I'll go into more detail about that later. But And then just to get more generic, like if you've ever gone camping, mm-hmm. just in the woods at night, you can understand why people come up with stories of the witch in the woods or spirits in the woods. Because mm-hmm. you are not alone. Because right. you're always surrounded by wildlife no matter what. Yeah. But it does just feel like something with enough intelligence to hurt you is watching you most of the time. Especially as we're located located on the eastern coast, you got to remember there's a lot of history here. You got Civil War, Revolutionary War. I mean, the original colonies. There is automatically if you're out anywhere near like Gettysburg or anything like that. See, Gettysburg has some of my favorite urban legend slash ghost stories. Mm -hmm. Period. My favorite one from Gettysburg is the soldier that'll smoke your cigarette, and it's a phenomenon. I don't know if it's been caught on camera, but. One of the guys we go to church with is obsessed with it, and I could have sworn he said he's gone and seen this one. So if you light a cigarette and you put it on the rail of this one bridge, apparently the cigarette will just smoke itself down to the butt. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I had... But the, I, sorry. But no, go. I was about to say, it's uh, just, I had an experience in um, Gettysburg. I don't know. This could have been easily faked. It was one of the houses that you can take a tour in, and supposedly the... The story was that there was a pregnant woman living in the house and a stray bullet came into the house because there was a sniper upstairs. Stray bullet came into the house and killed her and her unborn child. I've heard this story. And I remember I was in the kitchen and I was like, oh, it smells like apples in here. Like, did somebody bake a pie? And as the the lady had just said that, oh, we sprayed something and I swear I heard a baby cry. I'm like, look around, did you hear that? And I'm like, when you really think about it, when the story and the baby cry doesn't match because, I mean, the baby wasn't born yet. And also that could have been something that could have easily been faked as she just said that she sprayed something to make it smell like apples, not that she made an apple pie or something like that. So there was already like falsities in the story, but still it messes with your head still. It does, but that sort of setup Sounds like how some professional haunted houses work. Yeah. Oh, not haunted house is the wrong thing. Haunted attractions. Yes. Because there are some where 
they have employees hiding out in certain places to push a button to turn something on or play a sound or something just to get the atmosphere for the tour right. And you know what? I don't fault anybody that does that because if you're trying to do something spooky, your words don't always get you all the way there. If you need a little help, I don't have a single issue with that. Oh, yeah. That makes it more entertaining. Mm -hmm. You're putting the effort in, and I appreciate you. Oh, yeah. The only thing I was going to add to that was with being out in the woods specifically also leads to why there's so many cryptid stories and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. Cryptids are like Bigfoot, uh, Chupacabra, Chupacabra, Yetis, uh, Wendigos, stuff like that, the monsters. Mm -hmm. Those are the cryptids. The Mothman. Mothman. <laughs> All right, the West Jersey. Virginia. The Jersey Devil. All right, New Jersey. Uh, so, Shoei, do you want to start off? Start us off on uh, Maryland, since that's where we are. We might as well just start talking about Maryland uh, urban legends. So, one that I have always that I always heard of, I never did it myself. It's kind of like a challenge. It's Seven Hills. Let's go. <laughs> I've always said, let's, let's do it. Um, so this the. This tale between seven hills, I'll tell you the way that I always heard it. It's a little bit twisted at the end, but the, story, the main story is the same thing. And then I'll tell you what the actual urban legend is. My story was that you would go to this, I think it's an elegant city, I think. Yep. And you, there's a certain road that you go down and there are seven hills. You drive. Oh, like up and you, down. You drive down. up and down, and as you're in the car, you count the hills. And I always thought that once you get, you never got past the seventh hill because you would die. There would be like a car crash or something. But that's not completely true. So really, it is. You get there, you drive. I think you have to drive a certain speed. Actually, College Avenue is the name of the road. Okay. Okay. And for you listeners that are hearing this for the first time, me too. I'm not from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got two mailenders and one Texan. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but when we start talking about Texas, you can be the host. Yeah, I'll do that. Zach. Yes, you're driving. I think you actually have to drive like a certain speed. Um, when you're going down seven hills, you count the seven hills, but as you get to the seventh hill, all of a sudden, if you look in your rear view mirror, you see a truck, you see headlights, and they are coming fast to the point where it's causing you to speed up. This car is not honking at you. It's not trying to get around. It's to the point where it's causing you to speed up to the point where a lot of people say, that they feel like they are going to either, it's going to cause a crash or they're going to like swerve off the road. And it's really just, it's, it's scary. And then, but if you turn off the road, right as you get to the last intersection, the truck disappears. Okay. So in all of the versions that I've heard and the version in the book that's mm -hmm. sitting there, uh, you, it's not a certain speed that you have to worry about. You got to hit the last hill at midnight. Mm-hmm. And the big thing, well, the big thing about it that from my understanding and the best way I can understand this urban legend existing is to explain why there's so many accidents at that last intersection. Because mm -hmm. what they, what you didn't throw out there is that last intersection isn't an inter intersection. It's a sharp T on the, into uh, Old Town, Ellicott City yeah. onto that main drive. Oh, yeah. So people take the corner too fast all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... That was the story behind it. Yeah, and it's probably not well lit anyway. 
and you got to remember it's probably overgrown and we get a lot of moisture here. Yes. So it's probably foggy as anything. You're talking about the city that floods periodically? Exactly. What? Ellicott you mean city floods? I've lived here for seven years and Ellicott City has washed away twice. So what's the moral of this story? What's the, the goal and, I guess, lesson in this urban legend? We want explanations <laughs> for why there's a high number of accidents at one location. Exactly. <laughs> But it's, I mean, this story usually pertains to teenagers, usually like junior seniors. Friday night, they decide, oh, the football game's over, the basketball game's over from the high school Friday game. Let's get everybody in one car. Maybe a little drinking is involved. You don't know. And decides, let's go to Seven Hills and let's just do it. And unfortunately, accidents happen. I can't think of any specific details where something has happened in relation to this. Um, But it just kind of pushes the point where it's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be driving on these roads that are usually very foggy. Can't really see that well because there's no very little lighting. And And don't speed. (laughs) Well, don't speed. But another important thing is all of the roads around Old Town Ellicott City are very hilly, very narrow, and have lots of curves. Mm-hmm. It's really not surprising that there are a lot of accidents on these roads, but people just want explanations. It's odd. It obviously can't be people's driving. It has to be the demon truck. It's, it's obviously the demon to. truck. It's not the roads that weren't designed for modern cars. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's really interesting is thinking about it. Uh, this actually, this story predates modern cars. Apparently, I like. They were doing it with wagons. Well, but that's the thing. Is apparently the demon truck that ch- uh, chases you has evolved. Like when people so were in you... carriages, okay. it was a carriage that chased you. Apparently. That might be something someone added to add valid- validity to it. I don't know. Yeah. The one I wanted to talk about is one because it seems like every state, and just doing a little bit of research for this episode, almost every country, in fact, has one of at least one of these. Yeah. Maryland has two, apparently. Overachievers. Yes. But it's the Crybaby Bridge. The general story is always the same. A young couple and the girl is between 16 and 18. She's old enough to get pregnant, but not old enough in her mind to be a mom. Her super religious dad will not accept this pregnancy. So she goes off and moves in with a relative either in a neighboring county or state or what have you. But she leaves for a while because she's worried about what dad's opinion is going to be. And she comes back after the baby's born because it's already happened. The baby's already here. Dad will be okay with it. Nope. Big blowout. She's called her boyfriend. And he wants nothing to do with her or the baby. And so she sees no other option but to go to a nearby bridge, chuck the baby in the river, and follow it down. And that's like... I don't, it's generic the, st- version? Yes, the generic yeah. version. Well, what's funny is the generic version is the PG County version, too, because it's apparently Governor's Bridge Road over in Bowie, which is like 20 minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Again, I feel like this is another where it's this, you can see this everywhere, but it's you see this a lot in the East Coast because one, we have water everywhere. But also, it's just the history. The history, yeah. I mean, you have. Right. I mean, early on during the settling times, I mean, everything was very conservative. Even though this story, I think, is around the seventies. So the governor, the governor's bridge road version is from the early seventies, which is interesting. And so she was seventeen. Again, boyfriend knocks her up, and she goes to Virginia. 
to live with her aunt for a while and comes back after the baby's born. And then the rest of the story follows. That's the same thing. In some versions of this one, her dad's a preacher, so he's extra not okay with it. The one I like about this one is you have to go to the bridge on a cool, dark night for it to work. And so it's got to be around midnight or so on a cool, dark night, and you can apparently hear the baby crying from under the bridge, but some people report that the baby cries come from the water. Okay. I mean, To be fair, those distinctions could be easily... Just where you're he- where you're hearing it from. Well, but yeah, the interesting thing about the Crybaby Bridge is all the people that report the story, the baby cry is always coming from somewhere you can't see. Yeah, that is that's an important distinction in these stories because you find pictures of the bridges all the time. There are with Crybaby Bridges, there are very rarely like images or of the mom or the baby associated with the legend. Yeah. It's just not part of it. This is, this one's about the, you get that uncomfortable feeling because, you know, it's a place where somebody took their own life. Sorry if that triggers you, mm-hmm. but it's a place where somebody took their own life and potentially killed their child. So it's a, it's an uneasy place. And it just is. And it's also that whole part of where you can't see the child. That is something where a, let's say uh, two buddies go and they decide to take their like naive friend with them. And they're doing this to pull a prank on their friend. And they try decide to take that that simple part of the story and put a twist on it. And where it's like, oh, the baby cry comes from underneath the bridge. So you have to look underneath the bridge in order to see. And what they do is like push him. I'm like, it's something where you can put that extra twist on it to make it more scary. I don't know. It's just, it's also like a threat at the same time. Because you, you're hearing something. And you, but you want to see it to really believe it. What I like about these is I like I like the specificness of this one because if you know where to go, so it's you're going to Governor's Bridge after midnight. You make sure it's a cool dark. So you're going either in like fall. fall or winter. When you have all the details together, your brain might just put the baby cry in there for you, mm-hmm. just because it'd be like, well, I did steps. A, B, and C. So your brain may just give you the equals. It'd be like, okay, yeah, cool. We did all the steps. You're get, here's your payoff. Sure. And I love that sort of thing because the human body is like that. The human mind is like that. It's yep. like, oh, you're expecting this thing. Here you go. So on, on a Friday, when it comes to like <laughs> October, we're going to go for a drive, right? <laughs> no more specific. Just sightseeing some bridges in the area. But definitely not to Governor's Bridge Road. Yeah, no. <laughs> not at all. So what's the uh, moral of the story there? It's one the, of the accident. It's one. I, of, yeah, it's one of the cl- the classics. I mean, it's don't have sex. Yeah. Don't the, get pregnant. Don't have sex out of marriage. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the same thing for the hook a man with a hook for a hand. So they'll hang you from a tree. Exactly. <laughs> so I like the fact that you uh, bring up history. You brought up like history and mm-hmm. historicalness of the uh, East Coast a lot. My story. Is going to be the uh, bronze kids of Watch Apple. <laughs> <laughs> to put it into context, <laughs> uh, we uh, went and picked up dinner, yes. and there are creepy bronze children, like a statue around this roundabout. and Around a flag. One, around a flag. And I always thought it was really weird. I was like, why is this, like, it's not out really out for display because it's behind like a small shopping center so it's very weird 
it, it is, but to be fair, it's now blocked by 7-Eleven. Before that 7-Eleven went in, you could see it from the road. Right. See, the one that got me <laughs> is the fact that there's three of them and well, there's four mounts. There's one that's missing. There I are. There are four. There's an empty fourth pedestal, yeah. and it's walking around. Killing. We're trying to find that other bronze children <laughs> child. So yes, if you ever see a bronze child wandering around Anne Arundel County, just run. Just run. <laughs> that child will kill I'll give you. My mommy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my actual story, in reverting back to the history aspect, mm-hmm. is uh, Molly Dyer. So Molly Dyer, to give you an understanding, we have a rough estimation of when she died, mm-hmm. which was uh, 19, uh, 1697. So she lived in Leonardstown, Maryland in the 17th century and she was accused being a witch she was taken out of the town and just she was abandoned in the woods and the next day i think it is or a few days later they found her frozen onto this stone it is now the witch's stone so apparently if you go and you touch it or things of that nature you get bad luck one of the really interesting things that there is evidence for this aspect is that there was a the stone is in like a forest boggy area mm-hmm. and there was a fire and a good chunk of this forest burnt down within like five or ten feet of the stone there was no burn marks mm-hmm. so what do you do obviously the people in like 19 was it 1970s ish decided uh, to uproot the stone and move it to uh the like town uh hall of course yeah it's it's an interesting story. That that's the vague kind of roundabout thing. There's a lot more to it. There's a whole Wikipedia on that actually. Does um, the stone still exist? Yes, you can you can go see it. Molly Dyer's rock. It really does exist. It, wow, that's disappointing. It just looks like a rock. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it looks exactly like, like a rock. big rock. <laughs> it's a big rock. Well, that's it's a big rock. Eight hundred and seventy-five pounds. No, yeah, but that's I, a big rock. I expected. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Sorry, but... it's out out in front of the jailhouse. That's where it was put. So the Sorry, moral incorrect. Is... Incorrect. Because it was out in front of the jailhouse, and in 2021, the Historical Society decided to move it again in front of their uh, office. How they just put it back? <laughs> if you uh, touch it, you will experience dizziness and eventually leading to faint, uh, fainting. Oh, sorry. People who go near it experience oh. that. Well, so, I don't want it out in front of my office, then. Yeah. That means I feel bad every day I go to work? Yeah, I already do. <laughs> so the moral of this story, don't touch be strange rocks. Don't be a witch. So all those rock painters out there, no touchy. <laughs> yeah, kidding. don't be a witch. That's obviously the... That's hard to say, especially during those times. If you were a female, you were a witch. So here's what... If you were an outcast, you were yes. a witch. So here's what's interesting about it, is what led to people thinking she's a witch. The cat, the uh, land near her house is said to be tr- cursed, and it never, uh, never again grew. Sorry, after she died, it never again grew crops, and there was a unusual amount of lightning strikes that were in that area. Okay. Woo! Ooh, spooky. But that was after she died. You know, it's it's an interesting story. I'm leaving out a whole lot of detail. Look into it. It's a lot of fun. I don't want to ruin it for y'all. Again, there is a lot of witches details. Everywhere. I mean, every country has story of witches because that was something witch- the witches hunt was everywhere during yeah. those times. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like vampires too. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, especially in Europe. And it's interesting because 
I love the variations on it. You would really think if these women, and even men, who were accused of being witches, they actually had dark powers, why did they let, let people set them on fire or just drown them in a lake? It'd be like, well, but my powers only work in secret when I'm doing stuff at night. So my personal favorite like story, this one's this is a true story of a individual who was accused of being a witch. I don't remember the guy's name, but he was fed up with it. He was fed up with the whole thing. This was up in uh, the Boston area, if I remember right. Oh, Shocker. Massachusetts? You yeah. mean where Salem. most of Salem. our witch trials were? Yeah. But, was uh, that the one that got pressed? Yeah, where he had, he he had the board. Say, and he kept on saying more weight. Yeah, he was just so fed up with it. Just like, yep, more weight, just do it. Just get yeah, this he over was like with. an older man too, yeah. and it was just it was something so because he was like one of those oddball outs because mm-hmm. he had just an oddball um, execution in comparison to the others. Which again, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Nobody was burned at Salem. Mm-mm. It was all hang- a majority of it was hangings. See, but did they really do the test? My favorite. I was gonna say not my favorite, but the one I find most interesting is was always. The water test. All right, we're going to put this stone around your neck and we're going to throw you in the water. If you survive, you're a witch. If you drown, you are innocent and you go to heaven. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> so no matter the outcome of this test, I'm, I'm going die. to die. Well, the truth behind it is if she floats, she's a duck, obviously. <laughs> Monty Python, thank uh. you. Doesn't make any sense when you. It's like, come on, people. What were what were you thinking back then? They wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. Large groups. You have the statement go. Never underestimate the uh, idiocy of people in large numbers. Mm-hmm. If you you take a good look into like the United States witch hunts and everything, then take time to look into the Scottish and English witch hunts. Far worse and went a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. This is a different podcast. We'll talk, we yep. can, or we can talk about this later. Yeah. yeah. So the, those are three of the many, many urban legends that exist in Mar- in Maryland. Well, I mean, you can go ahead and oh, talk, talk about the thing in your neighborhood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's... So to go into more detail, so I think the episode on the show, The Haunted, or Haunted, I think it's called The House of the Dead. Um, it's literally right on Ritchie Highway. I could walk to the house if I had to. It's near Sierra and like, um, yeah. So it's in a little tiny little roundabout, little dead end area. And it's a, it's a small little rancher house. But the story was that him and his family moved into this new house within a few months. There was dark things in this house. I mean, it got to the point where it got so bad that the dad just left. I mean, he left his two kids and his um his wife and never came back. He just oh, left wow. after dinner, and I guess the climax of the the are uh, the episode. What happened is that pretty much the boy Bob, or Bobby as he was called when he was younger, almost exercised the demon itself. Like he got to the point where he was like, "All right, enough is enough. This priest is not doing anything." I'm gonna. I'm. I'm the man of the house now, so I'm gonna try to do it myself. So of course, it's ex- probably exaggerated for the episode. But again, when you really, because in this documentary, they also have a lot of interviews from people that happened, and I recognized the girl, which is his sister. I was like, she looks familiar. She was the bank teller from PNC. I remembered her from going with my mom to go get money. 
And I was like, oh, I remember her. She had the long blonde hair. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, so it was a thing. And Bobby, for a very long time, like he, even to this day, I'm pretty sure he has like a podcast where he talks about it on the radio all the time just to be like, hey, this is what happened. His dad never came back. His mom died at some point of cancer. So it's just him and his sister. She does not work at the bank anymore. I've never personally seen him, but it was somebody that I was like, oh, this is kind of close to home because he knew my dad. They grew up together. So they knew each other and he knew the story. That's interesting. Yes. But I mean, I remember he, my dad was like, hey, come with me. I'll show you where that house is. And he pointed it out and it's, nobody's ever been there. I've never seen the shades um, pulled up in that house. I've never seen the light on in that house. So once that family moved out, nobody moved I've back never, in. And I've never, and I don't even see a for sale sign in that house. It might just be abandoned. I wouldn't be surprised, but I was just like, it's it's always been something. Every time I drive by, I go by Richie Highway, and I look at the dead house, and I'm like, there's nobody there. <laughs> You'd think the bank would do something eventually. Maybe. They, they usually take over abandoned houses and tear them down. Or, there's a reason, to, or flip it. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is we have our own Amityville horror. Except less murdery. Yeah. Got demons. Fair enough. But That's I feel, a fun story. Yeah, I feel like every town has that. They they have the haunted house. For whatever reason, it's haunted. Whether there was a murder there, demons, whatever. It's the it's the, it's the gate of Satan. Yeah. Or whatever. And oh, here, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I was... In the book we were reading, it's apparently, I guess, the other Crybaby Bridge. There's also the rumor that there was a satanic church in the woods. Because, <laughs> But that's always... That also pops up a lot in urban legends are things that were never really things. Because mm-hmm. satanic churches built to worship the biblical devil are exceedingly rare. That's not, that's barely Especially a real thing. Especially during that time. Like, yeah. obviously it's a, it's a higher thing now, but not, not as, it's not as prevalent as some people say. But, like, as you said about the uh, haunted houses in the areas, like Pasadena has its haunted house in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's half burnt down. I know. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I was there. Yeah. I didn't find any ghosts or anything. It was ha- haunted by rednecks that owned the property with shotguns. <laughs> they chased us off. But it's supposed to be haunted and spooky. Well, that's like, if we're doing the whole area, Crownsville Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it's apparently yeah. incredibly haunted grounds. It's a abandoned African-American insane asylum. Uh, that was in operation from 1911 to 2004, so way more recent history than we were expecting, but it is constantly patrolled because yeah. after they closed it, reading local news and stuff, people went in there all the time. They were ripping pieces off. They wanted a chunk of it. People reported seeing a lot of just random apparitions inside the different buildings to the point that whoever owns the property now hasn't renovated it but mm-hmm. they have it patrolled 24-7. That whole road is very weird because it's kind of open to the public, but at the same time it's not because you can't go into like certain areas where the hospital buildings are. But then if you go a little bit down the road, there's a there's open field where a lot of little league uh, like soccer ball players play. So that's open. So that's not that far away. Also, right as you get on that turn, 
there is like a small police officer office. I actually had to go in there for an interview once. It's very creepy, very overgrown. I thought I was in the wrong place because I was like, there was no like really open windows. I mean, it was just a steel door. And I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like at completely on the other side of the world. Like, where am I right now? And I just like banged on the door and they're like, oh, we didn't see that you were here. And I was like, well, you probably didn't hear me either through this big, huge door. I mean, it was definitely very secure. I mean, I wouldn't want to be around there. Well, and then at least one of the buildings is still in use because there's cars there regularly. And actually behind it, there's either like a hospice or an assisted living or something. Mm -hmm. And then if you go down the road a little ways past it, it's the Ren Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the Maryland Fairground. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the things I like about this area, like we've said multiple times, is there's a lot of history here, and just the nature of Maryland not being real big, a lot of it is very compact and not far from each other, Oh yeah, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of battleground areas here, but then also you got people of historic residents have lived and died here, so you can go to Edgar Allan Poe's um, burial site in Baltimore. So, I mean, that's that's chiller legend right there. Right. Um, I still want to go to the Poe Museum. I haven't done it yet. Me too. Yeah. I've been here all my life and I've never done that. That's true. But to be fair, when you live in an area your whole life, you, you don't, don't do the touristy yeah. stuff. Yeah. You don't go see the things. Yeah, like that. You wait until you have people that have been out of town and then you all do it together. Yeah. And then they expect you to know everything. Everything. About it. They're like, like, what's yep. this? I don't know. Yep. Now, Phil and I have gone down to Fell's Point and had a drink in the bar that Poe is supposed to have died out in front of. We say supposed because... His death is still a mystery to this it, day. It is. But what is for sure is he died in Fell's Point and they assume that because the bar has the same name as the one that he died out in front of, it's the same bar. Sure, maybe... Just because something has the same name doesn't really mean much. Isn't it yeah. like the bar with no name or the horse with no name? I think it's the horse with no name, if I remember right. Yeah. You gotta think, at those times, a bar was a little tiny little shack somewhere. I mean, it was a small establishment, and they were everywhere. So, I mean... Yeah. I do want to throw out one thing that bothers me, is they want to exhume Edgar Allan Poe's uh, body and move him to Philadelphia. And the argument is, well, he also spent a lot of time in Philly. He was born, lived, and died in Mar in Baltimore. Yes, he had a big chunk There's of his no life. There was no reason to move him. There was a good chunk of his life where he was in Philly. Yes. Hear me out. No. I feel like a lot of people are not going to allow that. No. no. There's That's... no point. Anything else for Urban Legends Part 1? This is definitely going to be a lengthy series. Obviously, we're going to try to touch on... As many states as we can, obviously, we're going to have be more educated with our local states, Texas as well, because we've been there. Yeah. We've seen it. We've heard it. But other states are going to be a little bit difficult. I know that Noah, our friend Noah, had mentioned maybe slipping in for an episode for some Jamaican ones as well. He could slip in for New York, too. Yep. And so this could be a multi-episode series. It will probably be irregular, though. Yes. But now we're going into horror news. A lot, a lot of horror news. So Black Phone is, is 
appeared to be very good right now. We have not seen it, but we are we are going to see it very shortly. A lot of positive reviews about that. Also, Jason Blum is really pushing that just because he's Jason Blum and he's made he's brought back Halloween for three more movies that he can bring back Robert England for one maybe three Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And the the replies to that are a lot of them are no, Jason stop. And I agree. I think we can all agree with that. It wouldn't be the same at this point. I was going to say what when did when did Freddy versus Jason come? 2004, something like that. It was so a while we, ago. So we're going to, he did the little cameo on the Goldbergs. So that that was four years ago. That was four years ago. Well, the, the, the makeup for the Goldbergs looked awful, but also underneath, it, you could tell that Robert England was much older. He just mm-hmm. looked different. The feeling is gone. Yeah. The time has passed, but... To ask somebody to reprise a role that they last played about 20 years ago, because by the time they get everything rolling, mm-hmm. it'll definitely be 23 or 24. It's just like, dude, you could, sorry, 2023 20, or 2024. It's just like, let it go. Right. Fine. At this point. If they want, if Jason Blunt wants to have Robert England involved, I, my opinion is it's like, okay, have him involved, but use him for his voice because Robert England is doing a lot of voice acting. He really loves it. He'd rather be in a in a booth with a microphone for hours on end in comparison to a makeup chair for four hours. He'd rather do that. I personally asked him that question. He's like, I freaking love it. He was talking about Tara Strong, the voice of um Harley Quinn. She's like, you realize she's like amazing talking about how she can uh, sound like a baby. And it's like, he loves it. He think it's He thinks it's the coolest thing. But I think... You take an unknown or your, um, I can't remember his name, well, Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, yeah. You could bring him back, change up his makeup a little bit, and use Robert England in regards to mixing his voice. Freddie has definitely a distinctive voice in regard. Also, Freddie is supposed to be this undead demon of hell that's in your dreams, and he's not supposed to change. So if Robert England, no, no, nothing bad against Robert England if he's gained some weight. Well, it's not even the weight at this point. Yeah, it's like he's too old. Freddie is a physical role. Yes. You age out of roles. Mm-hmm. It's just what happens. Yeah. He's running around. He's lifting people. He's the glove itself is is heavy, and it's like and he's he's crouching down and sneaking around. Yes. And it's, his whole body sometimes is covered in prosthetics. It's a lot. You can't do that to a 75-year-old. No. I was like, no. He's not going to have fun with it, and it's just not going to be the same movie. They they could do something better with it. You can have Robert England for just maybe even a cameo, like a sneaky cameo at the very end. Use his voice. Use him as a coach for the new um, Freddy. But that's it. Go ahead, Phil. Or, hear me out. Go ahead. Let it be and make new movies. Exactly. Or take movies that were big flops and make good versions of them. A lot of the fans are stating that if they're going to do another Nightmare on Elm Street, they do not want a retelling of the first movie again. They do not want that at all. We don't need another origin story. We don't need it. We've already had it. 
But okay. a lot of people want a sequel to Dream Warriors. And I'm like, okay. The original three survivors are still around. You could maybe bring Heather Atlanticamp in again for a cameo, if it makes sense. Well, okay, I just looked it up because I was wondering. So we need not Jackie Earl Haley. He's 60. Yeah. So at this point... Unknown actor. Yeah, you need to just Somebody recast just very... a young... A young, menacing-looking guy. Skinny guy. <laughs> yeah. My addition to this horror news mm -hmm. is that the wonderful comic Paper Girl is being made into a uh, TV show by Amazon. Uh, there is a trailer out, or at least a teaser trailer. It's a minute long, and it looks good. looks like a lot of fun. Uh, very Stranger Things-esque, but to be fair, the comic was Stranger Things-esque. So it's... It, it should be fun. It should be very fun. For anyone that's interested, Hocus Pocus 2 is going to be on Disney Plus on September 30th. And the teaser trailer has been released. I watched it. I am taking this movie with the hugest spoonful of salt. Because I love the original, but at the same time, I'm like, this has been a long time. This is 30 years. 30 years since the, the original by movie. the time by the time they put it out it will be almost 29 years on the dot exactly i hope that yes they got the original santa system sisters back but i really hope they really did a good job on this story because if it's even remotely bad it's going to be a cash grab because the story of hocus pocus in the last five years has become huge it is it, it i mean it was big when when i was a kid and watching it on disney and stuff like that around halloween time but it has become just a just it's monumental now i mean spirit halloween has made they have their own hocus pocus section every single year also you got to have the disney's not so scary halloween party the sanchez sisters are the hosts so they are huge. So don't mess up the story. My only thing is I'm worried about how they're going to be able to portray the sisters now. Because Sarah Jessica Parker, as the youngest of them, is now 57 years old. Mm -hmm. And she's supposed to be the young, sexy, flirty one. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, I think we're past what the original characters <laughs> were. It's And Bette Midler is 76 years old. <laughs> so it's just I'm worried about the physicality of it again we, we just said it but people age out of roles yeah. and this feels like a movie that if it was going to be made should have been made 10 years ago been made probably at all years ago uh, if I'm going to be honest I have no bones in this game I have not seen the first one <gasps> I've never Hocus seen Hocus Pocus is fun it's a fun but it's a it is a children's Halloween movie oh, Don't, yes. no bones about that yeah, That's exactly what it is. It is. We all have our favorite children's Halloween movies. We do. Yeah, like Trick or Treat. No, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great movie. It's a great children's yeah, Halloween. It's, it's for your movie. kid. Yeah. Murder yeah. and blood. It's fine. Yep. Follow us on all social medias. Yeah. Facebook, Twitters, the Instagrams. Mm -hmm. Now that we're in the summertime, maybe tell us what... um summer horror stuff that you want us to talk about. We can talk about movies. We can talk about books, comics, mm -hmm. games. 
let us know what you want us to talk about. And so we're pretty easy going and we've already spent money for this. We'll spend a little more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. Anyway, this is Zach. This is Shelby. This is Phil. Stay spooky. <laughs>